In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So would you please do me a favor? Can you go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie? That's J-A-M-I-E podsurvey.com slash Jamie and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. You guys, you can buy a lot of great things on Amazon for $100. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's pod, P-O-D, survey.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Guys, thanks for your help. Go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and listen, we made it to August. We have made it to August. I would normally say like it's about to get hot here in Texas, but oh my gracious, we have had some weather, although I can't complain because I just spent the last week in Alaska uh, on a cruise boat with uh, Lisa Turkhurst and Austin Stone Worship and had a phenomenal time. Thank you, Lifeway, for that. But it is August. We have made it. And let me tell you, August is when... I start to love life. You know why? Because it's almost football season, you guys. It is right around the corner. My kids are already starting two days. We start the season later, uh, and I just, I really love football season. I love fall weather, and although we have no fall weather right now, I'm believing that it's around the corner. You guys, today we have a great show. My friend Louis Giglio is sitting down with me today to talk about his encounter with Jesus. How did he meet Jesus? It's a great story. You know, speaking of stories, I started the show, The Happy Hour, eight years ago. You're listening to episode 509. We've put out over 500 episodes, and this whole thing started because I believe that stories matter. I believe you have a story. I believe I have a story. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a beautiful story uh, that is worth sharing. I think that stories change the world. I think that the one of the best stories that ever lived uh, was our Savior, Jesus Christ, a man that not only changed lives, around his community when he was on earth, uh, but he continues to change the lives of all of us every day because of his sacrifice and because of his love for, towards us. My life was drastically changed when I was 21, actually at Passion Conference, uh, which Louis Giglio founded, which is always a very big full circle moment when I talk to him or Shelly. And so I'm happy to bring you the episodes this month all about encounters with Jesus. And like I said, this is the last one. And Louis going to talk today about his encounter with Jesus and also about why it's important that as followers of Jesus, we continue to have those encounters with him. It's not just this one-time thing, but it's a lifetime of falling in love with Jesus over and over and over again. You know, so many of the stories that you hear on the happy hour and especially through this encounter series uh, involve someone hearing about Jesus through a friend and then getting plugged into a local church. I believe in the local church so much. I think it's crucial in our lives as we follow Jesus, which is why I love partnering with ICM. I've told you about them this summer. We talked a lot about them last summer. In fact, if you were around last summer, you remember that we built a church together. Yeah, we built a church building for the Karuma Church in Uganda. I was so just overwhelmingly proud of this community of Happy Hour listeners. Together, you, me, everyone listening to the show, we raised $15,000 last summer, and we're doing it again. If you love your local church, imagine not having a building. Now, 
I told you that I, our church, the campus that I go to, we don't have our own building. We meet in a high school downtown Austin. Come join us if you're in Austin. We meet at Austin High on Sundays. Of course, we're still meeting. And of course, we would be okay if that building went away. That happened to us during COVID. We would still have our communities. But it always helps to have an actual structure to meet with, to have that building. And that's what we're doing again this summer. We're coming along an already established local church. This is a body of believers who've been meeting. They have a pastor. But what they need is they need a building. They need a building and they need resources in their native language. And so we are partnering with ICM again to do this. We just love it if you think maybe you could donate $5, $10, $25. Some of you can donate 100 If you gave last year, man, we're so grateful for that and just wondering, hey, would you like to give again? I know that ICM is putting that money to great use. In fact, we've seen the building that we built in Uganda. If you're interested, go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. No spaces in that. Just jamieivy.com slash build a church. Okay, guys, real quick before we get to uh, Louie, thank you for listening about ICM. I hope you guys will donate. It's a phenomenal opportunity. But I want to tell you about another opportunity that we are actually in the middle of right now over at Ivy Media. Uh, If you listen to this podcast and you've ever thought to yourself, well, I'd like to have my own podcast. I think I could do what Jamie does. I believe you can, little side note. Uh, We have created a new course, and the course is called I Am a Podcaster, and it's actually in open enrollment right now. We're only going to open this twice a year, and so right now it is open until August 10th. So you have a couple days. Uh, This course is made up of 12 modules to teach you all of the podcasting basics. In going through this course, you're going to learn how to create, build, and release a podcast in less than six weeks. We really, 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 truly believe that you can do this. We're going to help you with the timeline of launching your show. We're going to provide guidance on artwork and recording gear, the basics of editing, interviewing, and so much more. You guys, it's open right now. Go to jamieivy.com slash courses. Now, when you're there, you can sign up for the course right now if you'd like, or you could get on the information list. Maybe you're thinking, I want to think about this for a few more days. Just go put your email in there, and we'll make sure you get some more information about it. So go to jamieivy.com slash courses. You can sign up right now. It is open enrollment that started August 2nd. It started yesterday, and it goes through August 10th. And listen to this, guys. I've got a gift for you. If you use my code HAPPYHOUR when you register, you're going to get 15% off the price. So use the code HAPPYHOUR, and you get 15% off. It's jamieivy.com slash courses. Use that code word HAPPYHOUR. Uh, and you can get started. Again, sign up for the email no matter what. I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you are a podcaster, we have stuff in that email for you as well. So jamieivy.com slash courses. We are so excited. I believe in you. I believe you have something to say, and I believe the world needs to hear your voice. All right, y'all, here is my conversation with Louis Giglio. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here, and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. 
Enjoy live music. Visit internationally recognized art museums and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Louis, welcome back to the happy hour. It's so good to be back with you. How are you? I'm doing great. Last year, it's funny, you were on last May of 2021, and it was a really great show. And what I remember the most, I am sorry about this, but what I remember the most is that we had a whole segment where you talked about how you cheer on your wife so well. And I think just as a woman, that stuck with me. And so it's great to have you back. Well, it's good to be back. She's easy to cheer for, I'll tell you. She's a <laughs> super woman, no kidding. She is easy to cheer for. You know, um, right now we're in the middle of a series that we do every summer called Encounter. And th this became really special to me because, you know, as I'm, I'm reading through the Gospels and, and you see that every time people, they, they would have these encounters with Jesus and, and, their, and their lives would be changed forever. And you read this and you think, man, that's a cool story from 2,000 years ago. And sometimes we often forget about our encounters with Jesus. And I've publicly told my encounter with Jesus on this show for a lot of times. And it's really cool whenever you or Shelly are here because <laughs> I could get really emotional because my encounter with Jesus was that passion, you know, 20 something years ago. And so, I, in fact, side note, Louie, I was telling someone that I just got chills because it is so crazy for me to be sitting here with you. Then that's my encounter story. And I was telling someone the other day that my son will be a freshman in college next year Ooh. and we'll send him to passion <laughs> and we'll, we'll pay for everything, you and some buddies, whatever. And I thought I had that same experience as a, as a college kid. And now my son's getting to have it. And the ministry that passion has just, it's just, 
it, it continues to go on and on and on and on and on. And so this is also a public thank you for that. But my whole point, I'm rambling, is to say that we all have these encounters and we think, man, my life after that moment was never the same. And so I would love to hear from you. Like when you look back and you think that initial encounter where your life changed, what was that for you? I think it, uh, you know, there's been so many moments, Jamie, across the years where you just kind of freeze, time freezes. and uh, But the one for me, the, the moment for me was uh, freshman year of college. And there, I wasn't that passion, um, but I was really struggling spiritually. I went to high school, get long story short, I went to high school in the suburbs of Atlanta, and only one other person from my entire high school went to my church because my church was downtown central. And so there were like 200 high schools represented in our youth group. So I could live one life at school and live a different life at church. And I was doing that. I was doing a good job of being super popular and uh, being the president of my senior class and kind of living for myself in the school context. And then I was a big, big leader in the youth group. And I, I managed to pull all that off. But uh, freshman year of college came. I ended up staying in town, going to Georgia State University. And I went to a rush party early in that first uh, semester. There were quarters back then at Georgia State, the first quarter in the fall. And I was sitting on a curb at night uh, with my good friend, Andy Stanley, interestingly. And we'd been uh, at this party together. And a guy was trying to sell us on the fact that we could be in this fraternity and our sort of watershed was, hey, we're Christians and we're not real huge party animals. And he was trying to tell us, hey, we've got all kinds of guys in our fraternity. And this is not, by the way, pro-fraternity or not pro-fraternity. And um, he said, you you guys can be, you know, Christians and still be in our fraternity. And so long story short, we went home. Andy went his way, and I went my way to my house. We lived in a real modest apartment. My family was kind of lower middle class, and maybe it's 2 o'clock when I got to my bedroom, Jamie, and I I just sensed and knew in that moment that Jesus was, was near. Hmm. And I had become a Christian when I was 11. I'd been baptized, been in church my whole life, but I, I sensed him somehow, not trying to talk about some mysterious way, but I just sensed him more than ever. And I felt convicted more than I ever had before about the way I'd been living my life. And I knew that I had, I was at a crossroads and I got, I was already laying down in bed. I got out of my bed and knelt down beside my bed in my, in my bedroom. And I said to Jesus, I realize I'm at a crossroad. And what I felt him saying to me was, if you if you want to go down this road, this direction, I'll let you do that. But I'm telling you right now, down that direction is not what you want. Or I'm inviting you to come and follow me. And I said to him out loud, I want to follow you, and I'm choosing today to follow you. That does not mean if someone's listening to this and you're in college and you can't follow Jesus and be in a sorority or be in a fraternity, of course you can. If God calls you to do that, go do that. That's where he wants you to shine your light for him. Go do that. For me, that would have been the most disastrous choice in that moment. It would have probably been a complete spiritual wipeout for me. And the next day the phone rang, and uh, it's when the phone used to 
hang on the wall. Uh-huh. And I went in the kitchen and I took the phone off and it was that same guy that I was talking to at two in the morning on the curb. And he said, hey, just want to let you know the bids came out today. There's a list on the door, the student center, and your name is on the list. And I said, hey, man, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you so much. I really did. I respected this guy a lot. I said, but it's not for me. It's not my time. And I hung up the phone and never looked back. And I started in that moment, Jamie, a relationship with Jesus unlike anything I had ever even imagined, much less Mm -hmm. experienced. And those years at Georgia State— uh, even to today, were probably the most intimate years of my relationship with Jesus. And um, it was very, very powerful, life-shifting. And maybe I got saved when I was 11, but I think I, I got saved that night. Yeah, I have that kind of same kind of story where I would have thought I was, you know, saved and baptized and something happened um, when I was 21 in that, in that stadium of people. And the reason I love these these moments of hearing people's stories of um, this encounter that is so real and you remember it and you, and you kind of say, this is my mark in the ground and this is where everything changed is that God is so amazing and so big that he works in such beautiful, drastic, different ways. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Jackie had an experience alone in her bedroom is saying, as you tell, I'm in a massive stadium where God really kind of pulls mm. at my heart. And it just makes me think like for anyone listening, if you're, if you have that person that you're like, they, I know they have two paths. God is so kind and patient and like chasing after his people that it doesn't take a big stadium that it can happen sometimes all alone in your bedroom. And I love that so very much. I've had both of those. I, you know, was at this gathering in D.C. Uh, a while back, uh, back when Promise Keepers was a big, big movement in America. And they had... Uh, just called the men of America that, to come and pray on the mall in Washington, D.C. And I'm not exaggerating when I'm, I tell you there were over a million people there. Mm-hmm. And so much so that there was a point where, I don't know where, how we got it or where it came from, but there was a milk crate. Um, and I stood up on it, and it, so my head was higher than everyone else, but yeah. that was the highest vantage point I could get. And I could not process, my brain wouldn't process what I was seeing with my eyes. Mm. And I just was like, I don't even know what I'm seeing right now. I've never seen this many human beings before. And I fell down on the ground and couldn't breathe, couldn't move. Mm. And I just had this little glimpse of heaven. And, you know, so I've had moments like that where there are Mm. literally a million people around you, but you still don't know anything other than the dirt that is, you know, that your face is on. And I've had a lot of moments where I've been alone with God and just really sensed something powerful. And I love that that's the way it was in the Gospels, too. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the people that had encounters with Jesus were, there were a bunch of people around, but a good handful of them were by themselves also. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories when you you talk about Jesus encountering people alone is when Jesus encounters the woman at the well. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's just, it, it is so dear to me for a lot of reasons, but also my favorite part of that story is is obviously the way Jesus interacts with her, obviously the way he enters into um, a story that would not have been normal for a Jewish man to enter into. But man, I love at the end of what her encounter, how her life was forever changed, and then the people's lives around her were forever changed, because it says she went back into the village and said, I met this man who told me everything, and then it says, and many believed 
because of her words. And I think that's why I love talking about our encounters with Jesus is because we a get to glorify God, but also like people will know Jesus when we talk about our encounters with him. And, um, that's why I, I love the the work that you're doing, you and Shelly. And, and then I want to talk to you about some, a new project that you have, but I want to tell you first, I was at church this past Sunday and we all quoted Psalm 23 at the oh. end, like a public reading. And, um, and I remembered our conversation that we had last year when you talk about um, preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I have never read that ever again since then, the same, imagining what I want to happen is that God prepares a table and no one's there, just him and I. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him and I on this little, not to be weird, romantic dinner and nothing <laughs> is around us. Um, and yet... God says, in the presence of them, I have this for you. And I, and I have never read that the same since our conversation last year. Well, I'm, I, I haven't either. And it's so stunning to think about, you know, our perception of intimacy with God is, you know, some quiet spot. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not really sure, you know, the whole concept, Jamie, and this is probably going to hit somebody, you know, the, the the wrong way. And I don't mean it to do that, but... Growing up in the context that I did, the quiet time was like the holy grail. You right. know, did you have a, did you have your quiet time? Mm -hmm. That would be your, like your first accountability question. You know, <laughs> yep. did you yep. have a quiet time every day this and week? How many days? Did you have seven? <laughs> yes, and you know, and the whole concept and the idea was that you meet God in this specific place and moment alone for fifteen minutes or thirty minutes if you're real spiritual. And it's just not what God is looking for. He mm. says the best thing that we can attain is to humbly walk with God. And he wants to be in the seams with us, and he wants us to be cognizant of him all through the day. And I think the place we need that the most is in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the enemies, whatever the enemies mm -hmm. are right now. And so it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't steal away and spend time alone with his father, and we need to do the same thing. But it's a new mentality shift, right, of seeing that God wants to bless us in the battle so that he can get glory mm -hmm. from the enemies. <laughs> and so our pain has a purpose. Our hardship has a purpose. We're, we're in these difficult spots surrounded by enemies for a purpose. And it's not just so that he can swoop in and deliver us. It's so that in the middle of it, he can satisfy us and then astound them so that mm. they too might see that he can prepare that same table for them as well. And that's a twist that I saw the other day, Jamie, that I hadn't seen before. It's that he wants to prepare a table for my enemies also in the presence of their enemies. And it's mm. like, oh, yes, okay. So this is, a, this is an abundant mentality, and it's a grace mentality. It is. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, this kind of idea that well, we were both brought up in like having your quiet time and doing all these things. And, and, and we see that maybe that was a little bit legalistic and hard, but the truth is like, we want to have encounters with Jesus every single day. Like, like that's our life where it's, it's a constant thing that we're moving towards. And you recently um, released a devotional to go along with the book that we talked about last year, which was called don't give the enemy a seat at your table. You, you released a devotional called at the table with Jesus and I will say I was a little taken back when I saw it because it says it's 66, devo 66 <laughs> days to draw closer. And I was like, I've never seen anyone use anything that's 66 days like Louis, 60, 70, 75, I don't know, 59 even. 
Uh, can you expand on that just yeah, for a second? Yeah, and the 66, all you need is one more six on there. I know. And then got real problems. I got a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am the same. And I just learned after releasing Don't Give the Enemy a Seat, I was doing a conversation, an interview with uh, a neuroscientist. And she said that it takes 60 some odd days to create a new habit. And I was like, no, it takes a month to create a new habit. 30 days, everyone knows that. Uh-huh. She said, no, that's uh-huh. just, you know an old wives' tale, uh, the average time it takes a human being to form a new habit is 66 days. Mm-hmm. And for all the overachievers that are listening today, um, <laughs> you can create a new habit in 18 days, apparently. And to those <laughs> who need a little extra help and encouragement, sometimes it takes as long as 240 days to create a new okay. habit. Okay. But the average for a human being, 66 days. And so that's why we went with that number. And uh, these are 11 sections of six days worth of devotions, just looking at different aspects of Jesus. It really, it is a devotional, Jamie, but it's kind of a Mm -hmm. Christology, to use a more theological word, Mm -hmm. where we're just diving into the facets of who Jesus is. And Mm -hmm. we're in a section we just started now, uh, Jesus is, uh, well, I started last Wednesday, so that's where I am in the second section, Jesus fully God and fully man. And we're looking at that dynamic uh, every day for six days now. So we talked about who we don't want at the table, but Mm -hmm. you don't win the battle of your mind by fighting the lies of the enemy. You Mm -hmm. win the battle of your mind by absorbing and embracing the truth of God. And Mm -hmm. so if this is who we don't want at the table, then who do we want at the table? And so we're inviting people to sit down with the king, to have a quiet time, if you will. There in it the is, presence no time. of their enemies with Jesus for 66 days. It's interesting that you said, you know, we don't win the battle by fighting the enemy, but by, you know, meditating on, on God and knowing him more. I think there is this um, misconception that I, I need to fight more. And I've even thought that of myself, I need, I need to fight this. Like this is coming up again. I got to fight this again. But even the idea of like, what if I switch my mentality from I need to fight this anxiety that keeps coming up it keeps coming up fight it Jamie fight it Jamie but to switch that mentality instead of like fight it fight it to like enjoy God Mm -hmm. enjoy God know him and meet with him and I'll tell you Louie for some reason it feels easier if I just say I'm gonna fight it I don't don't know if that means I I want control and I think I'm in control if I have the sword in my hand I don't know but that does feel harder for me to say I'm going to invest more in Jesus in my brain that I am fighting that and, and why why am I feeling that way I, I literally just hired you for a 30-minute counseling <laughs> session just for a second Louis I don't know if you noticed <laughs> well you know one of the things just to go back one step um, when I was talking to this neuroscientist about this she explained it to me in in um, you know neurological terms and she said that if you think a thought any thought positive negative for 66 days consistently, morning, noon, and night, you're dwelling mm-hmm. on this thought. You're, you create a neural pathway in your brain. So you literally create a transportation avenue for that thought to travel on. And the more you walk on that path, it's like uh, you guys have owned property. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're walking down there through the pasture or whatever, and you eventually wear a little path. And if you sort yep. of drive it in your car, you got a two lane road. And if you want to get real committed, you put some gravel down. And if you're really going to go for it, you maybe pave it. 
Um, that's what you're doing every time you think that thought consistently over time. You're, you're wearing a pathway in your mind, um, literally, not, not figuratively. You're mm-hmm. literally making a pathway in your brain. And so when God said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he was so far ahead of all the neuroscientists because he knew what we were doing when we were thinking those thoughts. And so what God is saying is, if you, you don't win the path, I mean, win your mind by looking at the path that you've made and say, boy, I don't like that path, man, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to go down that road anymore. You don't win the the battle of your mind that way. You win the battle of the mind by making a new road in your mind Mm -hmm. and you make a new road by thinking what is true. So I used to say it a different way before I understood this. Like (laughs) I, I knew a guy that Uh, All of my life, we were growing up, and he was like, I'll never be an alcoholic like my father. I'll never be an alcoholic like my father. I will never be like my father. I will never be like my father. And I just, finally one day, it dawned on me, and I said, do you realize how many times you say never every day? Mm. That is a negative expression. And what do you want to be? Mm. Um, well, I want to not leave my family. Okay. Not is a negative word. Um, I want to, (laughs) and it took a minute to figure out how do I say this positively and create a verbal and a mental picture of what I do want to become, or in the case of our relationship with God, what I already am in Christ. So maybe somebody's listening today and they have a eight lane freeway in their mind that says they don't matter to God Mm. or they don't matter period. And they've driven semi trucks of thoughts down that freeway for many, many, many years. They're not going to win Jamie in life by saying, boy, I I wish I could get to the point where I didn't think I didn't matter to God. They're going to get to that point by embracing what God is offering them and saying, wow, there's a cross in my story. I matter to God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see if this works. And for 66 days, consistently morning, noon, and night, I'm going to agree with God. And I'm going to say over my own life, I matter to God. How? Circumstances? No. There's a cross in my story. It shows me that I matter to God. Do I feel it? No. But you don't build neural highways by feelings. You build them by thinking. You don't win your Mm. battle of your life by feeling. You win it by thinking, thinking rightly. So I'm going to just start believing and speaking over my life. I matter to God. I matter to God. And when I'm doing that, I'm creating a pathway and it doesn't change in 66 seconds. It won't change in six days. It won't change by raising your hand at the end of a message in church. But after 66 days, the science says that you actually make a path. And while you're busy making that path, grass is starting to grow over this little Mm. trail over here. And I really believe God didn't say, renew your mind if he didn't know that we really actually could do that. It's so good. Our friend Jenny also talks about this a lot and it's so helpful. And that little pasture analogy is so good because if you stop driving your car over it, it's going to grow grass back, you know, and we've all been walking somewhere and go, I think there used to be a path here. And you're like, there used to be a path here and there's not a path there anymore. I also want to make sure everyone heard what Louis said, because it's so important of telling yourself things that are already true about you being in Christ. Like these things are already true about you because 
of Christ. And because of the cross, you have that story. A lot of people that listen to the happy hour um, are parents or teachers or, or aunties or, or whatever. They're around kids. And um, you have some incredible resources for kids. And, and I, I just want to know for you, I have a, a two questions really go along with that. Why has it been important for you to create these these resources? And then what are ways that we as parents help our kids have those encounters with God? Because what we do know as parents is we can't have those encounters for our kids, but we can present ways for them to have them. So so why is that so important to you? Well, I think there are two things, you know, to, to say back uh, in, in, in response to that, Jamie. I think the best thing a parent can do or any of us can do for people that are looking, you know, up to us or modeling their lives after us is to show them that we are having encounters with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important at some point for a parent to teach their kids the catechism, you know, let, teach them who God is, teach them who Jesus is, teach them what the church is all about, teach them why scripture is important and what scripture is and why they can trust it. But we're not transferring just simply information about the faith to our kids. We're transferring to them the the faith, the encounter, mm. what, is what you're saying. And so the problem breaks down if mom and dad only have the information, but they're not having the transformation. Mm. Because at the end of the day, a kid will walk away from the information, but they will never, ever forget the transformation. Right. And if a kid has seen their dad in his study on his knees with his Bible open, that image is more powerful than five professors that can get up in front of the class their freshman year of college and say the Bible's not trustworthy and God doesn't exist and you should just decide whatever path you want to be on. That image of that father or that mother or if that kid decides to go off into left field and they're trying to act like they're free and they're making their mm-hmm. own decisions and they're doing their own thing, but in their mind they have a picture of their mom on her knees in her closet when they accidentally open the closet door and they know she's in there right now meeting with God, whew, uh, that is fuel for the Holy Spirit to really continue to work at a level in the heart. So um, let your kids see you laugh in church and throw your hands up in worship. Let your kids see you tear open the scripture like, this is the best part of my day. Mm. That's how you teach them how, because they're at some point going to say, Mom, I want to open the Bible. Mom, I want to read the Bible. Mom, I want to sing and worship like you and Dad do. Mom, I want to be a part of this the way that you are. How do, how do I know Jesus the way that you know Jesus? That's They're going to ask you, and then you're going to be able to start leading them down that road versus saying, I want you to experience this. I want you to, to do this. They're going to go, no, I want to have what you have. So live it out, and um, I think that's the simplest, best way to invite our kids along to come and know the Jesus that we know. I love that so much. And you have created some great resources um, for devotions for kids as well, like the wonder of creation, indescribable, how great is our God? All of those are so beautiful and so um, great hands-on for people to have in their homes to have for their kids to have access. Louie, I'm so grateful for everything that you're doing. Thank you for sharing about your encounter with Jesus. I don't know that I've heard that story. And so I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for really just creating, you know, resources for us um, in our own lives and to pass on to our kids 
that uh, make it available for us to spend those 66 days. And listen, I want to tell everyone, if you're on the other end and you need 240 days, just go through the book a couple times. Just go through a couple times. I bet you can learn something the third time and you can get it, guys. (laughs) Awesome. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for everything you're doing as well. Um, You're such an encouragement to so many people and have always been such a huge encouragement to Shelly and to me. So thank you. We're grateful for you. All right, y'all, it is the summer of celebration. We are still celebrating the fact that the happy hour hit 500 episodes in June. Here's another congratulations from a friend of mine. Jamie, Jamie. Tiffany Daniels here. Golly, girl. Um, I just have so much admiration for you. I especially appreciate your heart for God's word and relevance in today's culture. You are the real deal. And I can't even put into words how much I appreciate appreciate the way that you have spoken over these thousands and thousands of teen girls over the years. And just your friendship um, just means the world to me. And um, golly, I'm just so proud of you. You, um, you take hold of things and you run fast after them. And I think the Lord is truly, truly um, honored and blessed by your obedience. Celebrating with you today. Love you, friend. Bye-bye. Tiffany Daniels. Oh, my gosh. What a dear friend. I've gotten to know her. She runs an amazing ministry for teen girls called Therefore. I've had the privilege of speaking at the conference for the last couple of years, and as long as she'll invite me, I'll continue to speak at it because it's it matters, and she's doing great work. And Tiffany, I'm really grateful for your kind words. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. The show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney and edited by Angie Elkins. Show notes by Yuina Dumbach. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.